it's important to, to be able to draw comparisons between, like you said, Matt, um, okay, well, if I have a low-carb beer, what's the difference between that and having a regular beer? What's the difference between having a zero-alcohol beer um, in terms of the carbs and sugar levels versus do I, should I just have a regular beer instead or you know, understanding to make those decisions? Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week, which is our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week, just in case you missed it. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Brews News, Matt Goldmedal Kierkegaard, and senior journalist Claire Champion Trophy Burnett. G'day, guys. Morning, Pete. Hey, Pete. Did you like my topical reference? <laughs> Mate, they're always topical. Delightful. In the intro? Yeah. On uh, point. 20th of May. It's, uh, the, I think, the 28th, running tonight of the Australian International Beer Awards presentation dinner, which, of course, you know, that was my reference, the, the gold medal and champion trophy. Looking forward to it. It is fair to say that there is just a little bit of excitement around i think mainly because we did miss last year but catching up last night uh, i was blessed and honored to yet again be uh, the host of uh, brewers and chewers at the local tap house which is still i think one of those there are hundreds of great events uh in good beer week but this one's a special one because it's uh, been every year but also because i think it's it's a unique event it only takes place it's not like a you know a tap takeover or or some of the other meet the brewer sort of things that can happen at any other time it's that one thing that really just happens the, the one time of the year and speaking to the particularly the interstate guests really excited to be back uh, back in melbourne but also just to be back travelling um, and that that excitement was was palpable mate i was going to ask you about that because you know i've been like we had your celebration um, on monday night um, I was at Ale Stars Tuesday night. I knew you had Brewers and Chewers last night. Um, the AIBA is, you can't get a ticket for it. Um, you know, there are people oh, who are... Love, money, bribery. You couldn't even get, you couldn't even offer a slab of beer <laughs> yeah. and get a ticket tonight. <laughs> I reckon they'll be checking IDs and, you know, nah, sorry, mate, not in those shoes. You know, <laughs> they might even at the velvet rope. <laughs> but that's where, you know, the, the thing that struck me being in Melbourne this week is... The industry people who are here are so excited for it, really looking forward to, you know, getting out and talking and networking and all of those things. But it's probably the first year I've been down here that from a consumer level thing, I just, I've seen no signs of Good Beer Week, um, you know, in terms of street posters or anything um, on, on that level and you know like you get in Ubers or you know taxis and in past years people have known about it because they've been shuffling people between events none of the you know Uber drivers have heard of it there, there just doesn't seem to be a consumer buzz um, it, I mean it, am I missing something? Uh, I've, I've seen a bit I guess if you're in the in the inner city the, um, the, the poster barrage is, is fairly prominent um i know okay. gabs has been very prominent um particularly in radio advertising yep um advertising the event but gabs is a little bit separate to yeah, true um good beer week so good yeah 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 no I, I take that on board um yeah i don't know i, I guess because 
you know, your, your Facebook feed and, and all that sort of thing is, is pretty much pumped with photos of, of people posting their Good Beer Week um, event fun and shenanigans and what have you, that it, it seems like, you know, we, it's easy to get the impression that everybody knows about it. So, uh, but, but, but maybe not. Maybe it's a little bit... Um, I, I certainly think there's probably... There's more beer around because the international judges and uh, brewers and, and celebrities, you know, aren't here. Um, so there's, you know, there's more room at the table for uh, for the locals <laughs> who, who normally would miss out on tickets. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, like but that. anyway, it just really feels like an industry level excitement um, that maybe that that I just haven't noticed spreading out into a consumer level um, activation as as mm, much. That's interesting. I wonder if people are still a bit cautious about going out, especially in Melbourne after the absolute storm of year you guys had i think everyone still is a little bit and especially with not being able to travel and things like that i know we were even having discussions about like when should we book um mm. or when yeah how late like, do you leave it yeah, yeah like do you do it last minute just in case i know they've been much more infrequent now but you never know um so well, maybe particularly clear, if, of that. Yeah, if, if you're if you're a brewer and you want to bring you know some of your team down for you know mm. for the awards as a bit of a treat and then you know we'll do gabs or we'll stay and do some you know um tap takeovers or meet the brewer events or whatever it's difficult because you go well hang on if you know if there's a lockdown and we've got to uh isolate for 14 days who who brews the beer like <laughs> Yeah, there's Absolutely. literally yeah, exactly. things like that. So and I think a lot. To shut down completely. Yeah, I think a lot would say I don't want to. I don't want to go on my own um, because the whole point of, particularly like the presentation dinner, is to be there in the room celebrating the the year, celebrating everything that's great about beer and and um, whether it's yourself or or your best mate or your competitor down the road. It's letting you know, seeing you know, enjoying the them you know bask in that that glory for that ten seconds you're up on stage and you know getting a, a gold medal announced or picking up a trophy. So I think yeah, it's you don't want to be well. I'll be there on behalf of everyone else because you know you, you might get you know borders closed down because somebody sneezes. Mm. I think I think there is a bit of that that concern. Certainly, yeah, absolutely. We'll see how it's going forward. So that may have made it a little bit, I, look, I say subdued. I think uh, by 11 o'clock tonight, subdued will not be a word that would be described <laughs> No, I agree. <laughs> I should point out too that there is a live stream tonight for the first time. So uh, exhibitors, sponsors, media, judges, associates, that sort of thing, people who normally would be on the, on the I guess, the RASV uh, database um, should have received uh, an application, sort of a, a registration email to um, to get the the link for tonight. So it is going out as a as a live stream, but I don't know, Matt, whether people will have been able to listen to this in time. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably not, but we can yeah. share it to certainly but, share it to uh, Facebook. and presumably tomorrow you'll be able to you know watch last night's events um, as a replay, I would guess. But anyway. And now we cross live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of the stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, we begin with a story that should be of interest to our brewer listeners and also make it fairly easy to slip in our ad read for Rallings. <laughs> it should indeed. Um, so this is as yet unpublished, everyone. So um, don't worry if you don't Breaking news. Breaking news. So brewers, they're set to face further mandatory labelling requirements. F-Sounds, the Food Standards Australia New Zealand, they are doing consultations with the industry at the minute, with the IBA, the Brewers Association, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand, about these proposals, which basically are aiming to make specific labels, much like the pregnancy warning labels of last year, mandatory. So these two are um, energy. So they want to have, um, they want brewers to have the kilojoules, the energy content of the beer on the cans. 
and they also um, want the carbon sugar content of the beer on their can uh, on cans or, or any alcohol product. But obviously, we only care about cans and bottles. Um, so it, interesting, interesting one all around, um, especially given the issues that were raised during the pregnancy warning labels um, palaver last year. So the main main issue there was cost. So the brewers, uh, the Independent Brewers Association, estimated it would cost a hundred million dollars over 10 years to change all these labels, to bring in these um, specific labels that they wanted with color requirements. So that they require three colors instead of the two. Um, so adding, that just keeps adding up costs for, um, for brewers. This one is slightly more complex in that um, not only do you have to, will you have to include the energy and carb or sugar content on the cans, on the bottles, um, you'll have to measure that. So the big issue here is how do you measure that? How do you do it accurately? How are they going to test for that? Are brewers going to be able to afford this um, after already having to change their labels? So obviously the pregnancy warning labels, um, that was given, I think, three years um, for people to make those changes. And I think the long lead time on that is specifically because this was a brewing in the background. Um, and I imagine that they're hoping that if brewers change their labels, then they'll include all of these things on it as well. Um, a lot of it is about parity with other food standards. So, you know, like um, we were talking about it earlier, you have little nutrition panels on your, um, lots of your food, um, packaged food. This is trying to bring alcohol in line with that. Big issue here is that do people actually care about their carb or sugar content uh, or their energy content on a beer? I don't think if you're drinking a beer, it's quite in the right mindset. But there's literally well, I was going to so say the big, issues. the big issue, Claire, is why? <laughs> it's, it's not like, <laughs> oh, gee, this um, you know uh, bottle of pure blonde is it the same as eating seven Big Macs? I'll check the nutrition. <laughs> well, to, mate, so I'll, I'll, hold on, hold on there. Uh, if you read the media releases about all of you know the reason mm. people are. Um, drinking low-carb beers or switching to low-alk beers, it's because they're health-conscious. Um, and people who are health-conscious exactly do read that sort of thing. And education and information is the thing that they need to make informed decisions um, about it. And it, it, like, I can only speak from you know my own personal thing, but it's one of the things I've referred to when you look at zero-alk beers, you know, a zero alk beer has 355 kilojoules in um, compared to maybe the 600 for a for an alk beer, but that's one of the things that I look at when I'm you know am I going to sit down and have you know a six pack of zero alk beer? Um, no, because that's just empty calories. So you know I, I I don't think you can dismiss it and say no one cares about the energy content of beers. The you know the um, you know, the, the various dietary uh, considerations because apparently that's what's driving a whole segment of the beer industry at the moment. Yeah, but it, didn't we bring these sorts of regulations of labelling in because of, of things like, you know, the, the high level of sugar in things that were apparently good for you, like orange juice or fruit juice drink or, um, you know, mm. fast food and that sort of thing? Um, I just wouldn't have thought not, that the beer Yeah, you're not thinking about priority. that when you drink a beer, surely. I would assume that the beer would be... If you're really health conscious, a beer would be a treat. Why would you, why would you ruin it by obsessing over the calories and just yeah. accept that it's not? And I, I do, I do accept that it's, it's important to to be able to draw comparisons between, like you said, Matt, um, 
okay, well, if I have a low-carb beer, what's the difference between that and having a regular beer? What's the difference between having a zero-alcohol beer um, in terms of the carbs and sugar levels versus do I, should I just have a regular beer instead or, you know, understanding to make those decisions? But I don't, I, yeah. The other thing, of course, you know, there's, there's that cost um, comes into it mm. in terms of the packaging, the labelling, all that sort of thing. I'm not a sciencey person at all, and shout out to all of the listeners who are who can probably help us out here. How do you, how do you, like, is this um, stuff that a brewer can test with the equipment that every brewery would have or should have in its lab or on the, you know, the bench next to the sink at the moment? Or is this something we're going to have to need to, do you need I to send it off? I understand that from how do you measure Sabrina, these things? Yeah, at the Brewers Guild. So as I understand it, Still having a little little background research into it, but as I understand it, there's two methods. There's a sort of algorithmic calculation type thing, which is similar to how like homebrewers calculate ABV, and then the other one is scientifically like sending it off to get tested. And I don't believe that many brewers have that gear in their breweries. That will be maybe top level CB line breweries that will have things like that. Yeah. Um, so that in itself is a is a, like like we say, a big issue on the cost of things. How and how do you sort of um, how does how do you gain consistency across the industry in that? Is everyone expected to send off their beer? What if it's only a limited and you've only got a really limited amount and you're only going to have it for a certain amount of time? I know lots of people, like especially on a, when we I know we hate to talk about ABAC, but um, basically when you yeah, we'll have get a to them. edition, you don't, <laughs> you don't care. Yeah, exactly. You don't care on that particular limited um, because it's only going to go out for a short time. So you're kind of not that bothered if you offend or if you don't have the certain labels on it because it's not going to last that long. It's not going to be out in the market for people to complain about or be spot checked or anything like that. So I'm not saying that's good practice. I'm just saying it obviously happens. And I wonder if this might end up being the case with this um, and because of these onerous costs that are associated with it. Yeah, and if the relabeling vis-a-vis the uh, pregnancy warning label was estimated to be, what was that, 100 million over 10 years? Yeah. Um, then presumably this is going to be that again, plus whatever it's going to cost the industry to to do the testing and um, verification and, and whatever. Yeah, mate, look, I, uh, you know, here's Mr. Contrarian wading in again. Um, you know, look how often brewers change their labels as it is. Um, you know, there's this idea, oh, we can't change our labels because it's going to put us to cost. You know, the, the number of one-off you know, breweries who whose businesses are made on making labels once, um, you know, it's... It's the cost of doing business, and you know it's it, it's a product that has a certain you know it's got alcohol in. It's a food product, um, you know, for all of the craft nature and the small business nature of it. You know, there there are basic requirements for food labelling, and that you know if you're going to be in the business, um, you know, you, you can't just opt out. I, I, I you know. And I'll do, I accept that. The other thing too is this just for cans and bottles? What are, like a tap deckle? So if I go to, well, that's it, yeah, they're all bets off. If I go in and have a a pint of something, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be told or informed, or is it going to be you know? Uh... I don't think they've gone that far with it yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, st- they're still um, beating. So out it's very important, but only yeah. for some beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, so the yeah, only, we'll see on that one. Yeah, the the only thing that's that's certain to come out of this is that um, 
uh, people are going to get a sore dialing finger from calling one three hundred eight five two two three five to organise some uh, labels uh, or stickers from Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging because they're not able to just supply labels um, for cans and bottles. They could probably also put this information panel on a, a, a tap deck or if you wanted. They could put it on a blank carton, on a can tray, uh, even the barcodes. Um, could probably uh, have them have the information there as well. They do shrink sleeves already applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. So as we've said before, they often get asked where would the brewery buy a shrink sleeving machine and where would they fit it? Well, you don't have to worry about that because the cans come to your door palletized and ready to fill and labeled with all the regulated um, and required information on it, whatever that might be. Uh, so again, call 1300 852 235 to discuss further with the guys at Rowling's Label Stickers and Packaging and looking forward to catching up with them tonight, Matt. Very much, very much. Yeah, they are the sponsors of the uh, Outer and now there, there are two design awards um, for uh, Outers and Label, I think it is. So, and uh, Rellings, I think, are sponsoring one or both of those. So looking forward to catching up with the guys. Now, um, Deeds, Claire, yeah. finally. Yeah. Finally. Oh, <laughs> their long-awaited venue is to open its doors, not far from my place, which is Hooray. That's it. And, you know, we don't normally, because they haven't got a new brewery in this one. This is their new, their old brewery that has been a little bit reconfigured. We wouldn't normally do just a taproom venue on its own necessarily. But this has been such a journey. Um, they've gone through everything. They've done all the standard de- development applications, but they've gone through VCAT. They've gone through peels processes. They've gone to the community. They've gone to like everybody you could possibly imagine to get this over the line, basically. And my one of my first questions to Pat Pat Ali from um, Deeds Brewing he was, "Why? Why did you not just give up? Why didn't you just like move on?" And he was like, "Do you know we really thought about it? We thought, no, we want to stay here. This is where we want to be. This is our home." And we want to make something really special out of it. And they obviously, they they seem to have done. So there's a couple of few, a few more like sort of the aesthetic bits to do, but they're so close to being over the line. It'll be in the next probably month or two um, that they open and good on them. Uh, finally, what an absolute process. And I think um, we've done a sort of a series of articles just over the past couple of years um, when sort of the appeals process comes up again or it goes before the council again or anything like that. Because I think it's a really important thing um, to follow and to understand that this is what you might have to go through for your vision, for your dream. And that's why you have to think so carefully about whether it's worth it, whether you can physically do that, whether you can financially afford it. Um, And actually, it turned out, um, Pat was saying that, you know, if they'd had the tap room and the brewery at the same time, that they would be trying to run two concurrent businesses, um, each with their own issues. And lots of people do that all the time um but he said actually for them it meant that they could concentrate on the brewing and getting their brand really strong and then the venue follows which is not a bad place to be um considering Dee's popularity so yeah well done to them and thank god finally <laughs> yeah and some, sometimes it's 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 a hidden blessing i think having that uh time to to bed in the the kit to get used to the equipment and the logistics and workflow and all, all that sort of thing and then okay now we've you know we're getting the the beer at the standard that we want it we're we're happy to sort of you know have our neighbours and friends come and visit and and hopefully the locals um, and, and look I know particularly I, I guess you know those who oh it's a brewery so you know there's going to be mm. you know loudness and you know yeah. smells and all that sort of thing actually realise that you know it it a brewery well done can add to you know the social fabric Absolutely. of a community um, mm. because I, I often talk about you know we. We, we don't have, in a lot of cases, as much involvement with, say, school or, you know, 
church and the and the parish where, where you know a couple of generations ago that was where you sort of you 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 met the, the the people who lived around you and you know found you had you know shared interests and you know the local footy club whatever and there just seems to be less and less of that so maybe breweries are uh, able to fit that bill that, as yeah. they used to in the old days of sort of you know yeah. being that 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 meeting point that's it and you know i even got that when this is last year but they when it went through to the council last so many of the councillors stood up because it was like a live stream and the councillors were like look we really need this right now like we need this to happen um this is like i think this is april or may last year um we're in the middle of covid everyone is needs something good to look forward to and this is what we want um and it was there was like one or two that were holding out on traffic issues or something like that of the councillors but the rest of them were just so overwhelmingly positive about it and i think um, COVID has been obviously a complete nightmare, um, but there are a few little things that have come out of it. And this real move to your local area to focus on your local businesses, um, that has been a nice uh, silver lining to an otherwise shitty day, effectively. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, good brewing news, Alice Springs Brewing Co. Uh, is set to double their capacity. Yeah, this was a lovely one. Um, I spoke to Carl Pearson. Former CB sales, um, really, and he's been in Alice Springs for like 15 years. Um, they only founded Alice Springs in uh, 2018, I believe, with a 500 litre Braumeister. And now they're upping it to a 12 heck bespoke brewing solutions kit. Um, it's been ordered, it's on the way, um, but it's just an amazing, just to see how much they've grown and, and everything. It's been a really interesting journey. You know, they've won tourism awards. Um, they've just done a really good job of um, sort of representing brewing in North, the Northern Territory as well. There's obviously only a handful of, of brewers up there, but the ones that, that are there, you know who they are. And Alice Springs is obviously one of the biggest ones. So they've done an amazing job. They've got a new canning line in. Um, it's and it's a good job too as well, because uh, Kyle was saying that, you know, he while he's supposed to be in sales, um, he was basically ended up brewing himself um the brewer brian he was full-time job somewhere else and he just didn't have enough time they're doing 1800 liters a day on the 500 liter braumeister um it just got to be crazy apparently um they've obviously just bought jim ryan in um former little creatures brewer so it's all like full steam ahead i think kyle seemed a bit blindsided as well i'm not sure if he's a listener but he made me laugh because he was like I thought it was just going to be like oh, I could hang out on the weekend um, with my mates at the brewery and just work full time during the week. But within three months, he had to go full time at Alice Springs because it was just growing so astronomically. Um, but they've got a lot of a lot of separate, really individual issues to um, where they are, their location, um, not the least getting kits, getting things fixed, um, getting stuff freighted there, but also because of the effects of COVID, uh, they haven't got any staff. So while people are starting to come back, they don't have those long-term visa holders. Um, they're really struggling because I think they're about 10 short. Um, so it's just really interesting to see the impact of that on a brewery like Alice Springs. It's in such a out-of-the-way place, but it's clearly doing so well. Um, but fantastic for them. Congrats, guys. Yeah, good to have a good news story. I guess on the way to a good news story is our next one, which is uh, there are still some kinks to be ironed out in the Queensland artisan licence, but at least the artisan licence exists in some form yes. or other. Discuss. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, obviously, uh, the Queensland government in 2018 did their craft beer strategy, and this was part of that strategy that they suggested that they come up with a sort of or relook at the licensing regime in Queensland and see if they could come up with one that better suited the needs of brewers. 
Um, and this is what they've come up with, the Artist and Producer License. So I believe they've had about 68 submissions for that. A fair, not quite 20 were um, new brewers, um, new breweries setting up. And I spoke to a couple of them. So McAllister's up in Cairns. Um, obviously not a new brewery, but they applied for it um, because they wanted to sell wine. They wanted to sell um, other drinks to people who might not be a fan. You might come in a group and, and one of them will want wine or spirits rather than a beer. Um, and they wanted to be able to do that. The other one was Hudson Brewing, which is in Wynnum, a suburb of Brisbane, um, like a Bayside suburb. And they've just opened up. So it was interesting to see the two um, experiences and what they wanted. There's, as with anything, there's going to be issues nobody will be completely happy but the overall I know this is crazy but the overall idea was that this is a pretty good license they're, they're happy with it there's a few little kinks um cute, cute few little issues uh I believe that the license limits you to having uh to supplying artisan producers that are also not only artisan producers officially but also based in Queensland so that does put a little bit of a limit on the wine availability um we do have a few wineries in Queensland but whether they're if hypothetically all the breweries in Queensland got this artisan license, would there be enough to supply them? Probably not. Um, and then there's a few other issues with um, attending farmers markets, which have limitations on when you can sell alcohol on them. You know, if they close at 12, but you're only allowed to sell alcohol from 10, then, you know, it's a little bit of an issue. But again, these seem to be quite small issues. And, you know, that, like I say, nobody's ever going to be completely happy. So overall, that's a tick in the box for the Queensland government, I think. Um, I think that's fair to say. Uh, well, good news, hopefully, Claire, and we shall, uh, as they say in the classics, watch this space. Uh, now to a story that needs to be told, but uh, not on the good side of things, I guess. The New Zealand beer industry condemns racism following brewers' comments. Indeed. Uh, so this is from our New Zealand correspondent, Denise Garland. Um, basic crux of the matter is David Gorn from Eagle Brewing in Canterbury, who launched the business in 2010, um, he basically posted on Facebook um, some bloody awful comments about Maori in New Zealand and the, the beer industry there, to their credit, was up in arms about it. Um, it's easy to do a knee-jerk reaction to this one, I think, and it, rightfully so in some cases. Um, but I think what it what we should be looking at now is how do we, instead of just saying, yes, it's terrible, blah, 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 how do we move on as an industry and, and make it not terrible? I think that would be uh, the, the way forward. And I know that the Brewers Guild are really into, um, you know, taking this shitty situation and trying to figure out how they can make the industry better and make it more diverse and more inclusive and more for the better. Like, it's obviously awful that things like that have come out. Um, but if we can get something good out of it or change something because of it, then at least let's do that. Yeah, well, and that is often the case. It's it's not so much um, it, the, the initial thing that starts it off. It's it's the response that says more mm. about uh, the industry or the community than, um, than, than, you know, what triggered it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we finish up, Claire, with high-risk activities, again, discussed <laughs> by... Oh, I can't say it, I can't say it. Payback! <laughs> I know, I know. So this was a big batch of them, uh, and so many of them. I feel like we should have... We've talked about this so often that... Just, just on that, Claire, know when, you, <laughs> when, you, when you, just to, to put it in perspective for me, as well as I guess for some of our listeners, mm. when you say big batches, is that there are batches of complaints that are being sent in or ABEC releases batches of? Yes, they release them in all in one go, effectively. Um, sometimes they drip feed it and sometimes they just go big dump, like here you go, have them all. These are, they must just have someone in the background um, 
like yeah, well, is there on like is it whenever. we're going to do it every two months? We're going to put out everything we've had in that period, or oh no, recently, or, no, 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 right, no, there's of, no you know, order to embracing it the limited release principle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, so like, there's been a for instance after the um, these all came out last week. There's been a couple more this week. Um, we feel it's probably better instead of just bombarding everyone to just do them in a nice um, succinct batch. Um, ourselves, so it doesn't really matter to us when they come out. We won't do them all the time, um, but we will do them when we feel it's relevant. And I mean that this is why we've done this one: high risk activities. So um, activities where you need uh, high levels of coordination, where you need to be really alert. You shouldn't be featuring alcohol during or before um, these activities. And We've talked about it so often, like I really do think, how does everyone not know this by now? But again, a few of these are from historic posts, for instance. I think there was one from about Victoria Bitter that was from a couple of years ago, and they were like, we don't really know the context of this, so we can't really argue anything about it. Um, <laughs> but, well, and on that, Claire, does, does that really suggest great. that does, context does play a part, or is it just in isolation, oh, yeah. this is either um, offensive sure. or not? No, it definitely does, um, especially on social media posts, actually, because things like the age of the person um, that was in the advert, while you might not know that, have just looking at the advert, if you know that they're under 25, you're not allowed to show them in a, an advert. And I believe um, the bloke in a bar um, brewing brand um, from that NRL player, Dean and Ken. Dean and Ken, um, yep. Yeah, that's the one. He, this, they've had this issue before, and I believe they showed um, New Zealand player, I think it was Brandon Smith, uh, and he was under 25 at this stage, and the, the bloke in a bar was just like, oh, we didn't know that was the case. <laughs> so uh, it's it, it's an interesting one. Um, there's loads of issues like that, and things like what text you put with your social media post, and um, was it part of a wider campaign about something else or whatever? These things, ABAC, do take into consideration. So it's worth um, having a look at your the the copy for your... It's not just the image, especially when it's social media. Yeah. It's what you put with that, effectively. Because I think it's, um, it's different yeah. if you, for example, are, are promoting a, um, you know, a family-friendly barbecue at the brewery day. You, you've got to kind of, I guess, you know, I don't know, do you show a pram or do you show a bloke with a dog or a kid on a skateboard? I don't know, you, you know. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting one in itself because basically it's all right to show um, either minor, minors or um, people doing high-risk activities like skating if it's incidental to the drinking. If it's like happening in the background, that's fine. But if it's the main point of the of the advert of the marketing communication, then that's something that ABAC will take into consideration. So they do look at it holistically. Um, they don't just look at the image itself on its own. Um, but again, as we've spoken about before, they don't look at things like um, IBUs or ABV necessarily, except as an indicator that it's an alcoholic beverage. Um, and we've spoken before about things like little fat lamb and all that, um, how they're basically um, catered to minor the tastes of a minor. Um, but that's not something that ABAC can uh, or ever has criticized or judged on. So it is interesting and there's loads of facets to it. And obviously I'm a bloody expert of it now. So I've had a few brewers even messaging me be like, uh, what, what do you think about this? <laughs> and I was like, oh God, am I becoming a consultant for ABAC stuff, related stuff now? Yeah. And Claire, you're probably too young to remember, but I, I recall the famous, um, uh, matter of fact, I've got it now, VB ad, um, which mm. was specifically aimed at miners. Because there's one line there that was, you know, you can get it work in a mine, you can get it any <laughs> old time. 
Matter of fact, I've got it now. Okay. Although I wouldn't recommend drinking and mining at the same time. No, well, they did have you know, you know coal dust on their faces and they had their hard hats on, but they were up, oh. you know they were outside of the mine. When yeah, that was probably like after a hard day in the mine. Exactly. Room. Yeah, you should be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that one, guys. I couldn't resist. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of the news. Unless there's anything else that it did, 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 did come through while we've been chatting, and we do apologise. Um, we should hmm. just uh, send a little bit of a, an apology to our. Uh, it's, it all sounds okay now, but we, Matt's down here in Melbourne, um, holed up in his uh, luxury penthouse apartment uh, some, <laughs> at some hotel in the city. <laughs> I'm on the Bruise News coin, um, and I'm at home. And Claire, you're up in Brisbane, so we may have some. Uh, the sound may not be as you are used to hearing it. So uh, apologies if that is the case. And it's got nothing to do with the fact that we've all, uh, well, Matt and I certainly we bumped into each other a couple of times this week already, Matt. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to see you at Ale Stars, and but. Um, yeah, so it's not because we're a bit dusty or under the weather at all. Not at all. Uh, so, uh, and uh, our mailbag, which is uh, many thanks to New Zealand Ale Trail, um, head to www.nzaletrail.com or at nzaletrail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. And don't forget, you can review us on iTunes. You can send us a, in an email to be in the draw for uh, Letter of the Week. We send everybody out a, a bar blade, um, thanks to our good friends at uh, Thirsty Merchants, uh, which, Matt, oh, you, you look like you literally had a weight off your shoulders uh, on Monday <laughs> night when we said, uh, is your car outside? I just want to put a couple of T-shirts and, and some, some um, bar blades <laughs> and feeding. I've never seen a bloke lose 47 kilos so quickly. Uh, I look very happy to have a beer. Um, but yeah, we'll send it out. Uh, comments, uh, emails, um, come and see us in person if you if you catch up with us. Or we always love to do that. Matt, we should, probably should start off before we do anything else with a shout out to uh, Xander from uh, Bandelier Brewing. Absolutely, yeah. Xander came up to uh, the um, to, to me at Pete's and gave me a couple of the beers from Bandelier Brewing and just said, you know, <laughs> very nice. It's one of those things when you just love what we do. Um, that yeah, he just came along. Talked a little bit about uh, Bandley Brewing. Said, "Look, I told myself if I ever met you, I'd give you some beers to try." And he did, and uh, he had to go. So I, I, I didn't even get to find out whether he comes specially to to see us. Um, yeah, all the way from Warrigal, or, or whether the breweries in Warrigal. He could have walked around the corner, Matt. He could. Be, we could be giving him way too much credit for the effort. <laughs> but, it was, but the other thing is, he wasn't on our um, database, the the Brewers uh, database. So we're adding him oh uh, as we speak. Excellent. No, that's good. I was chatting to other people and um, doing the, the meet and greet thing, so I, I didn't get to catch Sandra, unfortunately, but thank you very much. Look forward to, to trying those beers, um, possibly the week after next, because next week might be a little bit of an uh, alcohol-free week. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, now I did notice that Joe posted in our Facebook group, and you can join the Radio Brews News Facebook group. Just uh, search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. There may be some issues if you listen to this on through Apple Podcasts. Um, Joe said there was some some back end stuff. I don't know if you guys are across this, um, but there may be some issues with the um, just with the Apple Podcast uh, listening to us. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, um, review us on iTunes. Um, tell a friend, share it. We love um, that you do that for us. Uh, we love that our our audience is growing every day, uh, and it's not just you know we we do obviously um, lean towards the the, the professional uh, industry brewing side of things, um, but we also obviously encompass encompass labelling and all sorts of things. Shout out to James Omond who was at Brewers and Chewers last night, Matt. Oh, was he? Oh, I what a, yeah. 
Yeah, so there you go. He um he came along with a, a group of five mates. And look, this is one of those classic stories. And Mike Romeo, who I met last night, who's the new head brewer, um, ex uh, left hand, uh, he's uh, which is a big brewery over in Colorado. He's from Littleton, Colorado originally, but now over here in in Melbourne. And he's the new uh, head brewer at, at Tallboy and Moose. And one of James's mates, James came up to me and said. Oh, yeah, Naka's over there. He's um, he only ever drinks Carlton Draft. For him, Carlton Draft is the only beer. So what's what's he, what's he doing at Brewers and Chewers? Anyway, he had um, the Colorado Kush, which is a you know, it's look, it's a nice, inoffensive, but it's you know, it, it's it, hazy. It's you know, got a hope going on. This is my new favourite beer. So, so and so I shared that with Mike, and he was absolutely stoked that you know um, a guy who would normally would only drink mainstream lager, um, mm-hmm. and the next time I saw him, he's drinking um, uh, Owen Lyons from uh, Mismatch, brought along a twelve and a half percent out of his stout. And he's going, this is all right. It's not my favourite beer. It's still that Kush beer, but uh, this is okay. <laughs> so, isn't it funny how we, you know, uh, sometimes you, you you just got to say, yeah, you know what, it's it's. Um, Sometimes it's not the gateway beer, as, as we say, that, that gets them in. And sometimes it's, you just got to give them something completely different to change somebody's perspective of what beer should be. That perception okay. of this is what beer should be. No, no, beer, you know, it's a broad, wonderful palate. Um, Pete, I've listened to your um, beers conversation this week, and I believe you had something to say about gateway beers, actually. The concept thereof, yes. Yeah, the concept thereof. I was like, oh, interesting. Um, Is that because, and you were saying because you don't believe that it's a thing or you don't want it to be a thing? No, I think think it exists, but I, I... don't think I don't think it does us any favors to have that as our I guess our, our principal you know targeting mechanism for the ninety five percent or the ninety percent or you know the, the mainstream drinker or the yeah, non the yeah. non beer drinker, um, but it's also it, it, again we're talking about context which is obviously very important. If you it, a can on a shelf. You know, try this if you like Carlton Draft, and it turns out to be a you know a pineapple hazy IPA pastry stout. You go, oh, okay, that's probably not doing the right thing. Yeah. But but at a situation where it's a um, a festival or a, you know a, a you know beer festival or whatever it might be, where you can talk to the brewer and mate, just just try this, you know, and you've got that. Um, interaction and engagement. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's better to say, okay, this is a million miles away from what you tell me you like drinking, but just try it because then all of a sudden, okay, the the, the bar has been reset. Mm-hmm. So you don't, yep, you know, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, so I, it's, it's not, well, I, I don't, I don't disagree with gateway beers because I think for a lot of people, what they describe as their epiphany beer or the, the one that got them into, you know, uh, trying different things could be um, very um, easily described as a gateway beer. I, I, just, I just don't think we, as an industry and a community, need to use that as the driver. Hmm. Interesting. And yeah. for more Pete thoughts, there is a conversation. Absolutely. Very and good one, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> now, guys, I've actually got to race off, and I, I, I'll be honest, I think with the, the sound issues that we're going to have this week, I don't think anyone's going to miss. Keep it short? <laughs> yeah, keep it nice and short, and we'll uh, do <laughs> We'll, we'll hold, over the, hold over below the fold and, and, until next week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, thanks very much to Cryomalt, to Relling's Labels, Stickers and Packaging, and to uh, New Zealand Ale Trail and our good friends at Thirsty Merchants. Uh, it's been uh, wonderful. Um, good luck to everyone tonight uh, who has a, a dog in the race. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, beer is the winner. So until next week, thanks very much, Matt. And thank you very much, Claire. Thank you, Pete. And thank you Cheers, to our Pete. listeners for tolerating the uh, audio. 
Yeah. Also, <laughs> oh, it's no, not really for the catch up for beer. Claire, I'll have oh, one yeah. in your honour. Oh, please do. Yes, thank uh, you. Because we will, we will miss you. But uh, as I, you know, somebody's got to hold the fort down and keep keep the, the typewriter clacking. <laughs> uh, so until next week, this has been Brews News Week. I've been your host, Pete Mitchum. And until then, until we meet again, uh, drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other. And we'll see you all again next week. And we're out. Boom. You don't have to say the line, Claire. <laughs> <laughs>Don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.